Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, host of Dynasty Game Night. My co-host John Bosch and I created this podcast for one reason, to focus on fun. After all, fun is the reason we all started playing fantasy football in the first place. I love games of all sorts, card games, board games, video games, really any kind of game you can think of. So one day, John and I decided it was time for a podcast where we just play games. You might learn something along the way, but you won't find much hard-hitting analysis here. Check out all the other incredible podcasts DLF has to offer for that sort of thing. On Dynasty Game Night, our primary focus is to entertain. So if you like playing games or watching game shows, this might just be the podcast for you. We'd love for you to give it a listen and play along with the contestants and maybe even win a chance to be on the show. DynastyLeagueFootball.com and the DLF family of podcasts. It's me. It's just me. It's at OSFD roaming the streets of Superflex City. And this is the Superflex Super Show. That's right. Solo mission time. First one in a while, actually. Uh, b- between uh, in season with my working with my man Swags. And then uh, in the off season, we really kind of had a lot of uh, a lot of guests coming through, and that'll be the case again this year as well. We'll have uh, definitely bring in some guests, bring in some experts on on stuff that I'm you know not as well versed on. Um, Going to get some help uh, getting to know this incoming rookie class for one thing, um, with a, a number of uh, of my uh, super friends out there who are um, you know very uh, very. Devi focused and uh, can kind of help us to prepare for our rookie drafts. So we're gonna we'll have that. I mean, we'll you know we'll talk to other people around the industry about a variety of things uh, throughout the off season. But for those who are new to the Superflex Super Show, I mean, I can tell you that I've gotten a lot of, of feedback, essentially saying that you know for a lot of people, for a lot of longtime Super Show listeners that this is the, you know, the format that they get the most excited for. Uh, just because you, and the thing is, I I don't even know where we're going to take this. I don't know for sure what we're going to talk about. Uh, I intend to talk about some ADP. We've got some new Superflex ADP at DynastyLeagueFootball.com. It's not posted yet uh, because those mock drafts are still running. So we're uh, we're going to take a sneak peek at it today. But from there, I have no idea. I have no idea where this is going to go. I know that you know my my overarching goal would be to take this time between now and you know the Super Bowl and the Combine, um, you know, before we totally shift our focus to rookies. Because a lot of you know, I don't I don't like talking about rookies. Uh, I'm I'm more excited this year than I have been probably ever before. All it takes is one bad rookie class, right? But 2022 was, to me, like, it's it's subjective, but to me, that draft class was awful. It didn't help us a whole lot, and a big reason for it is a complete lack of quarterbacks who we can really 
you know, feel okay about in our super flex lease. And we need that. And right now the quarterback position is just getting worse and worse. You know, it's getting harder and harder to navigate. This ADP is going to bear that out, by the way. So, you know, it's it's just making this this game so much harder for us. And, you know, we're finally getting, at least in theory, I'm, you know, I'm recording this on a, a Saturday afternoon. Um, we haven't heard yet what C.J. Stroud is going to do as of this recording. Maybe we've got some news by the time uh, you're listening to this. But at the moment, uh, I haven't heard one way or the other if uh, C.J. Stroud is going to declare for the draft or not. Um, but, you know, so but either way, you're getting Bryce Young, Heisman winner in 2021. Um, you know, one of the in, in you know, a five star recruit coming out of high school, um, just, a, a you know, a polished passer who can get out and run. He's got the type of pedigree that you get from Trevor Lawrence and Andrew Luck. So, I mean, at least in theory, we're adding another very, very good quarterback here um, to our, you know, to our our shrinking, uh, but, you know, slowly rehabbing pool of, you know, truly super flex viable quarterbacks. Uh, you know, there's also Will Levis, there's Anthony Richardson. So we've got a lot of quarterback, a lot of quarterback rookies that we can talk about. And that excites me, especially just because of the landscape of quarterbacks as it currently exists. But at the same time, I, you know, we're already seeing Bijan Robinson, for instance, I spent the entire 2022 off season talking about Bijan Robinson, what a difference maker he's going to be amazing running back comes in you know with the same type of uh the same type of resume as guys like Jonathan Taylor and Saquon Barkley and there's a good chance that he goes in the first round and I wouldn't be surprised to see him go early in the first round of the NFL draft he belongs in the conversation for the first overall pick in your superflex dynasty rookie drafts there's no doubt but we're already seeing this. This happens every year, and now more than ever, we're seeing the value of rookie pick 1.01 uh, being inflated, and we're also seeing the value of Bijan Robinson himself, not even in the NFL yet, not on an NFL roster. We don't know what the situation is going to be. And here's the thing. Here's the, here's the reality when it comes to fantasy, when it comes to football in general, quarterbacks and wide receivers, their talent matters more than their situation. If they're talented, they're going to make a bad situation into a good situation. Running backs and tight ends, however, it's the other way around. We need good situations. I don't care about the talent. Tell me the situation. Bijan Robinson, you know, should be the workhorse running back wherever he goes, but there are bad situations for him to go to, and we know this. If he lands in New England, that's awful for fantasy purposes. That just crushes his value and his his projections, right? Because first of all, historically, Bill Belichick has just been, 
you know, has has been awful for us when it comes to the running back position, or really kind of any offensive skill position. Uh, but you know, particularly running backs, it's always been really hard to navigate the New England backfield. And now you add in the fact that they've got Ramondre Stevenson there, who looks like, you know, kind of a top, a fringe top five dynasty running back. Especially, you know, in theory, you're going to get Damian Harris out of the way this year. He's he's a free agent. He's likely to move on. And right at the moment, we're kind of planning on Ramondre Stevenson owning that backfield. Well, what happens if they draft Bijan Robinson just to mess with us? Like, to, I, 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 I just have, I'm not a big conspiracy theory guy, but when it comes to the NFL and the way they draft players into, you know, good players into bad situations, particularly at running back and sometimes at tight end, the way they do that, like that's a that's a conspiracy theory of mine. It's like you're not trying to make your ball club better. You're just trying to you just want to get on Twitter and watch all of us bitch. That's what you're trying to do. And Bill Belichick loves that more than anybody else. So I mean that's just one example, right? Of a very bad situation for Bijan Robinson to land in. We've seen you know, we've we've seen very good running backs drafted highly by Kansas City. Clyde Edwards-Alaire drafted in the first round by Kansas City. We thought that that was not only a great landing spot, but the fact that he goes in the first round, you know, that kind of told us that this, that should have been an indicator for us that this is, you know, some type of um, elite status. And we drafted accordingly. We took him ahead of Jonathan Taylor, you know, and J.K. Dobbins and DeAndre Swift. Like, we took him ahead of all those guys just because of the situation he was in, at least on paper. And then come to find out that Kansas City is actually a really bad situation for a running back. Like, they're always going to be pass first. And so, you know, now you're going to hear a lot about how Buffalo is going to be a great situation for a running back. Somebody's, you know, some running back is going to get drafted by the Buffalo Bills and Devin Singletary and James Cook, those guys seem vulnerable. They seem limited in their skill sets. And so that looks like a great situation. Very good offense without a running back who just really kind of consolidates that backfield. So, you know, you put B. John Robinson in that backfield, and that should be a great situation, right? I is, But the problem is, is that going to change the fact that Josh Allen is still going to eat up a lot of your carries? He's still, he's going to get design runs. He's going to, uh, you know, the, he's going to take off and run more than he's, or not more, but uh, he's just as likely to take off and run as he is to check it down to the running back. And then you're still going to see those other running backs involved. They still want to involve Devin Singletary. They still want to involve James Cook. They're not going to consolidate it under one guy, even Bijan Robinson. Philadelphia, same thing, but you know, even more extreme. Philadelphia seems like a team that could potentially bring in a running back, but they've shown that they and and, and it, it, you know Nick Sirianni in particular, but even before him. This has always been a running back by committee offense, 
And now you've got a quarterback who who you know really kind of takes away from the running back position because he's a little bit of a running back himself. He can throw. He's a much better passer than people wanted to give him threat, credit for, talking about Jalen Hurts. But at the end of the day, a lot of what he's doing and what he's been able to do well is set up by his ability to run, right? His his speed, his elusiveness, and more than anything, just the fact that he wants to take off and run. <laughs> like that's That's his primary instinct when the play breaks down is to take off and run. You know, some there are a lot of quarterbacks who want to extend the play. They want to, you know, they'll get out of the pocket. They'll scramble a little bit, but they're still looking down the field to throw. Jalen Hurts wants to run. If, you, if you're not going to let him stand comfortably in the pocket, he's just going to want to take off. And that's fine, but that hurts the running back position. So the, there are bad situations all over the place. There are a lot of landmines for B. John Robinson to land on. And, you know, and I think that we still have to consider that. So it, you just can't rubber stamp a player, even a player as good as Bijan Robinson, right? We can't say that yet, that he's, that he's just unequivocally the 1.01, that he's unequivocally the, you know, the RB1 in Dynasty. We can't be saying that yet. We need, at the very least, we need to see him get on a team. So anyways, all the way back to the original point. This is the other thing I do. I kind of my my conversational style when I'm here on my own and I don't have anybody to kind of keep me in check. It's it's like an onion. I'm just kind of peeling layers and then putting them all back together, getting back into the middle and here we are. All the way back to the original point, which is that we just don't have enough information to be talking competently about rookies. Now we can talk about their athletic profiles. We can talk about, you know, where we project them to to be drafted. And and we know the draft capital matters. Some positions it matters more than others. You know, particularly at the quarterback position, you want guys who are drafted in the top half of the NFL draft. Generally speaking, uh, you know, the top half of the first round, that is. Like, let's 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 really put the screws to this. Yes, you can find, you know, you can you can find good quarterbacks beyond the the top of the first round. Um, you know, it, it happens. Lamar Jackson came out of the end of the first round. Um, you know, people point to, you know, Dak Prescott, second rounder, Russell Wilson, third rounder. Uh, you know, guys like that, it, it, it happens, but look at the very best quarterbacks in this league right now, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Herbert, uh, or Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, um, you know, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Kyler Murray, uh, Tua Tungavailoa, Deshaun Watson, you know, these are, these are, and this is just kind of look, you know, scanning through ADP, Trey Lance is still a second rounder in our Superflex ADP. Like these are all guys drafted early in the first round, right? I mean, kind of the, the exceptions here being, and again, Lamar Jackson was still a first rounder, but he was late first. He was at the very end of the first round and Jalen Hurts, second rounder. 
So, you know, beyond that, and then Dak Prescott, also a, a first rounder in startups, super flex startups. Um, it, you know, it, like the, there are a few examples, but primarily where we're looking for our star quarterbacks, it's going to be high in the draft. So, you know, we we need that information still. We need to know where these guys are going to go. We're going to get a lot of hype on Anthony Richardson out of Florida. We're going to get a lot of hype on him over the next few months. But if he doesn't go in the top 15, 16 of the NFL draft, you know, I, I all of a sudden the probability of him even really getting a, a substantial shot, much less – um, you know, uh, much less us, you know, projecting any kind of a breakout, the probabilities drop significantly. We need him to go in the top half of the first round for us to really feel good about it. Otherwise, we're just throwing darts. So that's the thing. We're just, we're missing too much information right now. You know, I, and and again, you know, when it comes to the quarterback, I'm not necessarily worried about, the situation, if the talent is there, then the situation will improve around them. But if they're not talented enough to go early in the first round, when you've got a bunch of teams that need an, a quarterback, you know, you're talking about the Raiders, you're talking about the Falcons, obviously the Colts, obviously the Texans. If they're not looking at Will Levis and they're not looking at Anthony Richardson, despite the fact that they're very unsettled at quarterback, all of those teams have no idea who their quarterback is next year. Somebody's going to trade up and get Bryce Young first overall. If C.J. Stroud doesn't come out, if these guys aren't still, these teams still aren't considering Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, then that tells us everything that we need to know about them as players. So for you know the the situation is is you know it, he can they can overcome the situation if they're talented enough, but the NFL draft a lot of times tells us how talented they actually are. But the problem is we won't get that information until May, so we just don't know. So it's way too soon. I that's why I don't like talking about rookies, <laughs> even though I just spent the first you know, quarter of this episode talking essentially about rookies. Um, I'm essentially talking about why I don't like to talk about rookies, but I know that you like to talk about rookies. My super friends, I know that you like to talk about rookies. You like to think about rookies. This time of year, you want to shift to, uh, you know, to rookie evaluations and analysis and start planning for your rookie draft because in a pre-existing dynasty Superflex league that's the event that's the one thing that actually happens in this off season where you can you know improve your your opportunity to win your league you can kind of make or break the next year several years of uh of your of your league you know so this is kind of your chance and so it makes sense I don't I just don't think it's the right time to do it, but we're st- we're going to do it anyways because you guys like to. <laughs> you like to hear about rookies, you want to you want to be prepared for this, and so we'll do that. We'll definitely do that. But I do think 
you know, the NFL season, the the regular season is over. We're into the postseason. Um, it's just about to kick off on my TV, uh, the first game of the weekend, 49ers and, and Seahawks. Um, fully expecting San Francisco to win this one, but uh, very interesting game. But there's still there's still some information for us to glean from this postseason as well. We also have free agency coming up next month. Uh, you know that's going to kind of shape the landscape a little bit as well. But above all else, I just think it's very important to kind of deconstruct what just happened. Kind of look at what we thought would happen, what actually happened, and and just kind of look at any discrepancies between those two. We're kind of trying to perfect the the process, right? And in theory, put ourselves in a better position to be successful going forward by taking the things that worked and replicating them. If you know, if if it's something that can be rec- replicated, and that's a very important distinction to make as well. But and then thinking about the things that didn't work, and saying why didn't they work? Can they work going forward? One of the things that I have to take a, yet another loss on is a, a second year breakout quarterback. You know, I expected Zach Wilson going into the situation he was in and knowing, you know, feeling like there was substantial talent there as well. But the situation that he was going into with wide receivers, uh, you know, with Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore and Corey Davis, Braxton Berrios, like this was supposed to be, this offense should have been too big to fail. And so I, you know, I kind of predicted Zach Wilson to be the breakout quarterback this year. I did the exact same thing with Drew Locke uh, when in, going into his second year because of the situation that he was in, in the offense that he was in, the weapons that he had. And, I mean, that I got that one wrong too. And so now that it's happened twice, now that we've seen, you know, what seems like talented quarterbacks, you know, with draft capital that specifically in the case of Zach Wilson, the draft capital was also an indicator. The situation should have been an indicator. And then to still get it wrong makes it kind of time to say, all right, so that process is irreparably flawed, right? So, you know, if we were to to sit here and think about and talk about who's the breakout quarterback next season, and I, it and it's it's much tougher because we're looking for second year quarterbacks, and the only guy who ended up with the draft capital to matter is Kenny Pickett, <laughs> you know, late first rounder, and which again, you know, doesn't. It isn't nearly as much of a vote of confidence as an early first rounder. Probabilities drop significantly once you cross that midway point in the first round, which Kenny Pickett did. But, you know, it, relatively speaking, he's really kind of the only one that we would be looking at because nobody else was drafted highly enough to even earn a starting job. 
and we we talked about this all off season too, especially after it happened. It was like these guys were drafted to be backups. Malik Willis was drafted to be a backup. Matt Corral was drafted to be a, a backup. Sam Howell was drafted to be a backup. You can like these players, but you cannot project them to do anything beyond, you know, sitting on the bench and potentially becoming, you know, a a, a usable player if the starter ahead of them were to get injured. So, you know, it, we we were able to do that this year and say, you know what, Malik Willis could be fantasy viable for you if Ryan Tannehill were to get injured. And that even happened, and he wasn't particularly good. <laughs> like, we just kind of confirmed what the NFL was telling us. Yeah, this this isn't actually an NFL quarterback. And maybe he's just that raw. You know, maybe maybe it's still within his range of outcomes to be an NFL starter and be a competent one. And ultimately, you know, just to take a little step back, and just kind of reiterate a, a constant theme on this show, uh, a little bit of a mantra, in fact, is we don't need them to be particularly good. We just need job security. That's all we're really looking for. Every last one of these players can can be uh, can can help you win a week, and they're very like they're very unlikely to be the reason that you lose a week. We just need to be able to count on them. We need to be able to predict when can we start them. Malik Willis, Matt Corral, you know, Desmond Ritter, these are all guys that we're not going to be able to trust because they're not NFL starters. So they're just kind of not even on our radar. Right now, it looks like potential. So you know, the, the, the guys that we can look at as potential breakouts in 2023 um, just going off of the historical trend of second-year breakouts. You know, it's it's Kenny Pickett because he was drafted in the first round. He was drafted to be the starter in Pittsburgh. Uh, he kind of came on towards the end of the season. He certainly looked better. He's got good weapons. Uh, and Brock Purdy because he ended up being the the starter and led them to the playoffs and if he leads them on a deep playoff run i don't know how they bench him and go back to Trey Lance i think you have to stick with Brock Purdy at that point but those are the guys that we get to choose from and i don't feel great i i, I don't feel great about Kenny Pickett i just i i i have never thought that he's a particularly good quarterback i don't believe that he's that he has, you know, Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, even a, a season like Jalen Hurts just had, he, you know, he he doesn't have that within his range of outcomes. He doesn't have Joe Burrow in his range of outcomes. He's never going to be that. Like the the high end for Kenny Pickett is something like what we just got from Jared Goff, and we'll take that. That's still valuable in Superflex, but does that constitute a breakout? I don't know. I, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I We're talking about somebody who's going to break out to the extent where you're considering them with your first-round pick in startups. That's what we're looking for, and I don't believe that that's ever going to be Kenny Pickett. So, I mean, that kind of leaves us with Brock Purdy. But the problem is 
This is really kind of the same process that brought me to Zach Wilson and before that brought me to Drew Locke. And after getting it wrong twice, it makes it feel like, man, we maybe we need to maybe we need to just just stay out of that one. <laughs> let's just let's just let Brock Purdy be Brock Purdy. Whatever happens, happens. You know, if 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 we get this wrong and we miss out, oh well. There will be other opportunities to get it right. You know, but Mr. Irrelevant, not only a seventh-round pick, but the very last pick of the NFL draft. You know, that's that's kind of a that's a that's a big blemish that's hard to overcome for a quarterback. And then, you know, beyond that, we know that at least at the moment, there are two quarterbacks on roster that he's got to rise above. It's got to be first. He's got to, you know, he first. He's got to beat out Jimmy Garoppolo at being the competent game manager. I don't think that's difficult to do. I think Jimmy Garoppolo probably leaves and becomes a starter somewhere else. Watch for him in Vegas, for instance. You know, but that's still at the moment, at least we still have to consider that as an obstacle for Brock Purdy. And then, even if he's able to do that, now we've got to convince Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch to go with the very last draft pick in the NFL draft rather than the third overall pick that you traded up for, <laughs> Trey Lance. We've got to get them to go with the, the pocket passer, delivering the ball to all these weapons you've got all over the field instead of you know, the the dynamic playmaking running quarterback. So it's 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 not a it's far from a done deal for Brock Purdy to even become the starter, to even remain the starter for the 49ers, um, much less, you know, break out to the extent that we're looking for. Now my gut says that he's still the most likely to do it. But I, it, it, it also just kind of again, it, it just maybe. I mean, you could maybe call a snake bit a little bit. Maybe I'm a little bit snake bitten here because Zach Wilson and Drew Locke both, you know, in very similar situations, were just not able to capitalize, not able to materialize. But you know, so so maybe that's part of it. Where I'm just saying, you know what, I'm not going to trust my gut on this one. Um, there's just too much for him to overcome, but I just, I also think that there are easier, safer ways for us to find what we're looking for at quarterback. Even right now, even with the landscape as bad as it is, you know, the middle class is shrinking essentially. Uh, that's, that's kind of what's happening for the NFL landscape right at the moment. And, and it'll get rebuilt eventually. The, the pendulum swings just as far both directions. We're just kind of at the downside of a cycle right at the moment where, you know, it feels like you've got, what, 10 quarterbacks who are truly safe. And that's probably not even that, if we're being honest. Um, We'll talk about that in just a minute. But, uh, you know, beyond that, it's, you know, the, the guys that we don't, that we don't feel great about, like, you know, we're not even necessarily looking for elites anymore. Once we get past, 
that those first couple tiers of quarterbacks. We're not even looking for elite status anymore. We're just looking for job security, and we don't even have that right now, right? We've got we've got guys like Tua Tungavailoa who may or may not retire. You know, the injuries have kind of piled up. We also know that the Miami Dolphins were so into Tom Brady that they got a tampering, uh, a tampering um, disciplinary action. They they had a draft pick stripped away from them for tampering with Tom Brady when he was under contract with the Buccaneers. You know, so uh, I I don't I it's hard to say how they feel necessarily about Tua, uh, but then there's also the injury stuff again. You know, uh, there's Kirk Cousins would be a guy that typically we would feel just fine about. I mean, you know, a, a high, a relatively high floor, very high ceiling considering the offense that he's in and the weapons that he has. But he's, you know, he's an older quarterback. Minnesota tends to, man, like they have such a love-hate relationship with their starting quarterbacks. You know, we don't know for sure how safe Kirk Cousins is in that job. Daniel Jones, same thing. Is he safe in his job? Is he necessarily a long-term starter? Did he do enough to earn some job security, or are they still going to be looking for their next franchise quarterback? Russell Wilson, I mean, you know that he's got job security. That's going to be a big reason that we look at him as a sleeper, but I think you're going to see his ADP rise uh, throughout the offseason. But, you know, we know that he's got job security, and again, that's all we're really looking for. But what does that actually what does that actually amount to? Because for most of 2022, where I say quarterbacks can win you weeks, but they won't lose you weeks, Russell Wilson was was the exception to that rule. He literally lost you weeks, didn't he? If you if you went into the into the season with Russell Wilson as one of your two starting quarterbacks, you lost games because of it. He was he was that bad most of the season, you know. And there's Jared Goff, you know. They just missed the playoffs. That offense has just been built up into what could be the most explosive offense in the league between the weapons and the offensive line. But they just missed the playoffs. Jared Goff misses some time with injury. Also had some games in the middle of the season where he was really pretty ineffective. Um, but you didn't have the offense at full strength. They're, they're just going to be a lot of people. And, and part of the problem here is the Detroit Lions have two draft picks in the first round in 2023, and one of them is fairly high. They're high enough that they, they're within reach of, I mean, they could trade up to 101 if they wanted to. They could trade both those picks, get up to 101, take Bryce Young, and now, you know, now you put a this young explosive quarterback who can run um who just adds that extra dimension to your offense. They could do that. And there are going to be a lot of people who you know kind of project that to them who are going to uh you know, they're they're going to predict that they 
move up and get that quarterback. And if they don't, that they're still going to use one of those first-round picks on a quarterback, the quarterback of the future, whether it's Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, you know, one of those guys, they're going to they're going to say, yeah, when you've got two picks in the first round and the only real hole on your team is at quarterback, it's not, by the way, uh, it's not the only hole, and it's not really a hole anyways. Like, they're fine with Jared Goff. Jared Goff actually can run this offense extremely well, and they were going to be a very tough out if they had snuck into the playoffs. But regardless, people are going to are going to predict that the Detroit Lions use one of those picks on a quarterback. I think they go all defense. I think they should go all defense, and I think that they probably will. I think that they're fine with Jared Goff. But people are people are going to be concerned about Jared Goff for that reason. You know, Geno Smith, did he do enough to keep his job? Seattle has a high draft pick, the one from Denver <laughs> that they got in a trade for Russell Wilson. They're in range to get another quarterback. Are they going to stick with Geno Smith? Did he do enough to solidify that job? And then, of course, you've got, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford. Those are all guys. Stafford, it's more the injury stuff, but, it, you know, he's he's not young, but he's it's more it's more about the injuries. But all three of those guys are on retirement watch. You know, every every off season from now until they actually do it, and so you know it gets really hard to invest in these guys when you don't know for sure what kind of security you're getting from them. And there's just there are just so few quarterbacks left that offer you any kind of security, at least at this moment. You know, at some point, some of this stuff is gonna. You know, some of these guys, Derek Carr is going to land somewhere. I don't think he's very good, but somebody's going to make him a starter. Um, You know, the the, the Seahawks are going to make a decision on Geno Smith. The Lions are going to make a decision on Jared Goff. You know, Aaron Rodgers is either going to retire and they'll they'll commit to uh, to Jordan Love or he'll say that he's coming back, and then we'll feel good about that situation, whatever it is. Good-ish. I don't know how good we would feel about Jordan Love, but at least we would know who the quarterback is. That's a problem. There's so many of these jobs we just don't know. We don't know who it's going to be yet. So, you know, as that stuff clears up, we're going to feel a little bit better about it. Here we are in January and none of this stuff, you know, that we've got about 10 quarterbacks that we know for sure are going to be NFL starters next year and we know where. You know, so we've got 22 positions basically to figure out here. So it and and it does it makes it so much more difficult to draft quarterbacks in a superflex startup when, you know, when you only have when there's only 10 of them that you know are going to be starters next year you know where they're going to be starters next year you can be confident in the fact that they'll be starters next year and not only that you've got 12 people in your league drafting everybody's gonna get one of those 10 and now 
everybody else is everybody's just kind of scrambling for their second quarterback, just trying to figure out who's who's actually going to be a starter next year. So it makes things it makes things really difficult. Man, I went so far off the rails on that that I don't remember what the point was. But yeah, I I think it's important to to deconstruct what just happened in the season. I think we're going to spend some time on that. You know, we're going to we're going to take a look at our own process. We're going to look at what happened in the NFL. Um, you know, what was predictable, what was not. So, you know, like for instance, and I, I, I already talked about the quarterback position. I already talked about Zach Wilson. That was somebody who I predicted to be a breakout, uh, you know, second year breakout. I don't know who, <laughs> I don't know who I'm going to feel comfortable. Um, I, like, I think the most likely scenario for 2023 is that there isn't a second year breakout. That seems, that seems the most likely. Maybe we get a first year breakout instead. Maybe we get a third year breakout, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, uh, you know, Justin Fields completes what looked like at least the start of a breakout before he started dealing with injuries. Maybe it's him. Maybe it's Trey Lance coming back from an injury, you know, maybe, maybe even Mac Jones ends up taking a step and, um, I I mean I definitely wouldn't predict it with him but maybe we're not going to get a second year breakout but that's just kind of one narrative that we need to test that we need to really kind of analyze you know another one being we were looking for guys with the running back running back one overall type of upside and typically what you're looking for is somebody who's relatively healthy, you know, a younger, you know, lower usage. That was the part that ended up being wrong, by the way. But, you know, we were looking for for guys who had been in the league, you know, three years or less, maybe four years or less, maybe. Um, like Nick Chubb kind of had that that in his range of outcomes, um, we were looking for guys who, you know, weren't coming off of major injuries. We were looking at guys who weren't going to be stuck in a committee. You know, that's the type of stuff we're looking for. As I watch Christian McCaffrey break off a long run, almost house it against <laughs> the Seattle Seahawks, that's a guy I hammered on all offseason because of the injuries. Well, damn it, he stayed healthy. He he, st- he was incredible. Uh you know, staying healthy and, and, um, finished as I believe the running back two overall. Austin Eckler ends up being the running back one. Both of those guys would not have met our criteria just because of their age and their usage to this point. And then again, for McCaffrey beyond the age, beyond the usage, beyond the time served, it was also the lengthy soft tissue injuries that he had, sustained in Carolina. So there were a lot of reasons to stay away from him. You know, ultimately the process led us to Saquon Barkley and DeAndre Swift being the two most likely to do it. Neither of them obviously did it. Swift dealt with some injuries. Uh, He also lost a lot of touchdowns to Jamal Williams. Um, And 
you know, it, 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 at the end of the day, he just he wasn't there the way we expected him to be in your fantasy playoffs. I mean, he probably if you made it to the to the championship with DeAndre Swift and you started him in the championship, you probably won. But I mean, it was it was tough to get there with him. Saquon Barkley is going to finish as a top five running back for a time. He was the running back one overall. He started the season extremely strong and was the running back one overall for the first several weeks of the season. Ends up finishing top five and just absolutely horrendous week 17 and costs a lot of us championships. But I still think that the process was right on Saquon Barkley. And it's going to be really hard for me to make the argument that it was right on DeAndre Swift. So I just won't. I'll just, I'll just grant you that one. I was wrong about DeAndre Swift. I mean, I, you know, we're not in the business of predicting injuries. Keep that in mind. But it wasn't just injuries with DeAndre Swift, was it? I mean, he was, he was playing, he was playing injured. And once he was fully healthy, he certainly played like a top, I don't know, top 10, top 12 running back for the remainder of the season. But he, you know, we were looking for running back one overall upside, and that wasn't him. You didn't, you weren't really getting that from DeAndre Swift most of the season, even when he was healthy. Jamal Williams vulturing touchdowns, that was a big part of it. We can definitely project, you know, for some touchdown, some positive touchdown regression for DeAndre Swift due to the negative regression for Jamal Williams. We can absolutely do that, and I believe that we will. But for me to say that I got it right with DeAndre Swift would be, I you guys would raise your eyebrows and I wouldn't blame you. So so we just won't go there. I feel like it was a, a good call, but it obviously wasn't the right call. So Saquon Barkley, I think, was right. Um, and and you know what? You didn't lose any value with Saquon Barkley. You in fact you gained some value with Saquon Barkley. So. You know, I like I think that we can still feel good about that, but still would just really like to spend some time just kind of figuring out where did this go wrong? How does Austin Eckler in his what fifth season who, you know, after dealing with injuries most throughout most of his career, how does he finish as a running back one overall, especially on a team that overall had a very down season offensively. You know, lots of injuries to wide receivers, uh, the the rib injury to quarterback Justin Herbert. There was kind of a lot of reasons for this to not happen, but it still did. So why? Why did that happen? How did this end up? You know, what was the right process that would have led us to him? And how do we look for the same things in 2023. And is it worth it? Is it worth chasing what just happened in 2022? Because in a lot of cases, it's not. Is it worth kind of chasing what happened in 2022 to 
help inform our process in 2023? My, and my gut says a little bit, you know, I think that we can, I, I, I think that we should expand our universe of players who have that type of upside. Uh, you know, and I think for one thing, you know, a, a, a big part of it is whoever was running back one overall previously, it, you know, should not, uh, particularly, you know, in the previous season, um, because Saquon Barkley was running back one overall his rookie year, 2018. And, you know, we, we were still able to project him to be running back one overall again here in 2021. So that's kind of where the, the process changed a little bit. We kind of made a concession that it's possible for a running back to be the running back one overall in multiple seasons because we've seen some guys do it. We've seen Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara. Both of those guys have done it. You know, so so we kind of made some concessions there. But whoever, you know, the running back one overall the previous season historically does not repeat the following season. And it makes me wonder if maybe we even need to consider revising that one. I'm not I'm not ready to make a definitive statement on this. I just think it's one of the many many things we need to explore in this offseason. But should we say that there's no way that out, that Austin Eckler finishes as the running back one overall in 2023? Should we say that? Because there are there are a lot of indicators that that offense, you know, you're you're you'll you'll have more credibility from the passing game with a healthy Justin Herbert but you're going to lose at least one, if not two, of your top two wide receivers. Keenan Allen is almost, it's almost assuredly, uh, is almost assuredly gone. Mike Williams very well could be as well. Like you could be looking at Joshua Palmer and a rookie wide receiver is the top two for the Chargers next year. And if that happens... You know, I think that you probably plan on a lot of a, a lot a much heavier running attack. You know, so so I don't know that we necessarily want to write off Austin Eckler, even though historically we know that it's very unlikely that he finishes as a running back one overall. Just something for us to explore, something for us to think about. Uh, there there are a lot of guys for us to kind of think about and look at and so and again you know back to the running back one overall conversation to me Jonathan Taylor is a massive massive buy Um, he's becoming a sleeper just because of the year the down year that he just had dealing with injuries usage based injuries a ton of usage in his second year as a pro and they tried to put a decent amount of volume on him in year three as well. And it just kind of led to some injuries. He comes back fully healthy in 2023. Does he not have the upside to be the running back one overall for the second time in three years? I don't know why we would write him off. I mean, I think that either way you want that on your team, even if he's not going to finish as a running back one overall. I think he's 
pretty comfortably a top five. And that's still hard enough to come by at the running back position, especially right now. You know, so I think that you take it. Um, so just really just kind of like laying out the the agenda for the offseason here. But above all else, you know, I say it at the end of every Superflex Super Show episode that, you know, that your ratings and reviews really kind of help because particularly I, I can look at the podcast reviews and see, you know, what's helping. What, what am I talking about that's really kind of topical for you at the moment? It's stuff that you're thinking about. It's stuff that you're wondering about. It's stuff that you're dealing with in your own leagues right now. And not only that, I mean, there are times where I get a rating and review that says, you know, love the content, but here's something that I would like to hear more about. Rookies is a big one. I got a lot of reviews a couple years ago that I'm not talking enough about rookies during rookie season. And that's where I that's that's where I kind of you know recognized that as much as I feel like we don't have enough information between now and April to be talking much about the rookies. This is the thing that you're spending the most time thinking about. This is the type of thing that you're trying to hack. And, you know, you you want that conversation. You want to hear more about these players. You want to know, you know, how how to attack the draft. And so last year we spent a lot more time talking about rookies and we talked with a lot more people who have a lot more, uh, you know, a lot more insight than I do um, into those rookie players. And so we'll do more of that, but I got that from those reviews. So I'm looking for the same thing, rating and review. It doesn't even have to be that though. Those ratings and reviews help. Those really help me as far as, um, you know, well, for one thing, it, it keeps DLF promoting this show (laughs) when they see that it's a, a highly rated, uh, highly reviewed show. Um, it just helps with the platform, but it also helps, you know, if somebody was to search for a podcast for, um, that's useful for, uh, you know, developing strategy for Superflex dynasty leagues and they find the Superflex super show and they're like, Oh great. You know, I've never heard of this cool logo, but what's this all about? And they read the ratings and re- they read those reviews and see, you know, this is, this is, this, you know, this is something that John talked about that was helpful or something that was useful. This is something that, um, you know, I'd, I'd love to hear more about. They're going to see this is a thoughtful podcast, this is a thinking man's podcast, thinking person's podcast, excuse me, always has been and always will be. And they're going to see that they're going to get some value out of this and they're going to join us in the conversation. They're going to become one of the super friends who wants to talk super flex um, and wants to have a conversation. Now, I know I'm just sitting here in my own freaking basement. I've got the TV on in the background watching the 49ers jump out to a 10-0 lead. Christian McCaffrey scored the touchdown uh, just to rub it in my face just a little bit more. But, and you know, just talking into a, a hot mic 
nobody around to have a conversation with me, but the conversation is ongoing, nonstop. We have it on Twitter. We can have it on Discord. Uh, I should set up a Discord channel, possibly. But for the moment, Twitter has Superflex Dude. Um, and then those ratings and reviews as well. But I just I I, I want to hear from you. What are what are the thoughts that you're having? What are the things that you're trying to navigate that you're wondering about, etc. You know, tell me all of it. Um, I've got my own topics. I've got the stuff that I want to talk about that I think is is relevant and I think is pertinent. Um, but you know, I'm also I, I'm also a man of the people. <laughs> I, I would love to hear. You know what's on your mind as well. So help me set the agenda for this off season. Uh, I didn't even get to this ADP, and I might just save it for next week when it's a little bit more complete. Um, but I do want to tell you, and just in the last few minutes here, just to just to kind of drive a point home a little bit. So four mock drafts running right now. To create that ADP that you'll find at DynastyLeagueFootball.com, Superflex Startup ADP does not include rookie picks yet. We're going to do that later. Um, well, I'm trying to fill them now. Jump in. If uh, if you've got the time and, and if you're interested, join a mock draft because uh, we've got some that are yet to start that I'm just trying to fill that are going to include rookie picks. So if you were to do a startup right now, your startup is going to include those rookie picks, most likely. Most of them do. And to to know where you where you need to draft 1.01, my feeling is it's probably going to be a first rounder in startups, which is unheard of, by the way. Typically, we don't see rookie picks start coming off the board until the second or third round. I kind of think here in 2023, you're going to see it go as a first round pick. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, just, just to get those values as well, kind of start to map out some, some startup strategy when you're drafting rookie picks as well. But right at the moment, we've got some mock drafts running just to create that ADP that's published at dynastyleaguefootball.com. Superflex, Dynasty Startup. No premiums. And man, quarterback is just really dry. So, first round consensus values. We've got two non quarterbacks with first round ADP. And you know what? I always include pick 13 as part of the first round because in a snake draft, whoever has pick 12 also has pick 13. And it really just kind of depends on what order do you take these two players in. But they're essentially the same pick. So pick 13 uh, is, uh, is, is part of this first round. And we still only have two players who are not quarterbacks with first round ADP. I'm curious if you can guess who they are. I'm sure you can. It's 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 a really pretty pretty easy one, but uh, I'm not going to mention their names just so you can, uh, for the moment, you can um, take a guess, and then we'll revisit this and um, see who got it right, who got it wrong. But anyways, Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes tied for that first uh, first overall pick. Um, neither both of them went first overall. 
in two drafts and second of all in uh, overall in two drafts. So those two are really pretty interchangeable to a lot of people. I still have Mahomes drafted or, or ranked higher, uh, but I do have them in the exact same uh, the exact same tier in a tier all by themselves, just the two of them. So, you know, it's probably pretty accurate. Joe Burrow has jumped up to third overall. Slide edge on Jalen Hurts just because it feels like a little bit more sustainable style of play, perhaps. Uh, But Jalen Hurts is fourth. Justin Herbert falls to fifth. I still have him ranked as the third overall. But after a down year, he falls behind Burrow and Hurts, especially after they actually had very good seasons. The first one that I take issue with is Lamar Jackson, sixth overall. Ahead of Justin Fields, ahead of Trevor Lawrence, ahead of Dak Prescott, I would rather have every last one of those players. Uh, Justin Fields is seventh, and Trevor Lawrence is ninth. That's pretty interesting to me. Um, To me, I think that you got a more complete breakout from Trevor Lawrence. I think he's the safer dynasty player, um, the safer dynasty asset. Uh, and you know, we're already kind of seeing Justin Fields dealing with injuries. There's also, there is a non-zero chance that the Chicago bears just hold that first overall pick and take a quarterback. They could do that. I don't think they will, but it's possible. And man, that would tank Justin Fields value if he has to beat out Bryce Young for the starting job, because I don't think he would do it. (laughs) So you know, it, it it just, there there should be a little bit more concern around Justin Fields. Um, certainly, in, in, we're in the first round here. We're in the, the thinnest of air. We're splitting hairs big time. But to me, if you're talking about Justin Fields versus Trevor Lawrence, I'd be a lot more comfortable with Trevor Lawrence based on... Uh, you know, what we know and based on, um, range of possible outcomes. Uh, 11th is Dak Prescott. 12th is Kyler Murray. 13th to a tongue of Iloa to, uh, and, and then 15th is Deshaun Watson, by the way. So, uh, so yeah, but I mean, you know, by the 15th pick, we've got 12 quarterbacks off the board. And again, Tua, not particularly safe yet. Um, you know, not out of the woods in terms of job security. Um, particular, And then, you know, there's also the injury thing. We'd love to see Tua continue uh, as the starting quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. But, man, like... Those, those, the three concussions and, uh, you know, all in one season, that second one was very, very scary. And there's been a lot of injuries throughout his career. So you could certainly understand a guy just picking quality of life over the game. So, uh, but, you know, to me, that should probably make Tua um, a little bit that should push down his ADP a little bit, but it's not so far. Uh, as of January, uh, he's still he's still a first rounder at pick thirteen. 
And then, like I said, Deshaun Watson. In round two, you have Trey Lance going with the 11th pick of the second round, 23rd overall. But that's, man, from there, the quarterback position really dries up. We've got one in the third round, Kirk Cousins. Three in the fourth round, Kenny Pickett, Daniel Jones, Russell Wilson. And three in the fifth round, Jared Goff, Geno Smith, Aaron Rodgers. How good do you feel about any of the players I just mentioned? You know, beyond, like, after Deshaun Watson. Like, let's just swap Deshaun Watson and Tua. And so now you're you're looking at Tua, Trey Lance, Kirk Cousins, Kenny Pickett, Daniel Jones, Russell Wilson, Jared Goff, Geno Smith, Aaron Rodgers. How many of them do you feel good about in a dynasty league? You know, long term as a starter, not only for their team, but, you know, for you. Because back to the point with Russell Wilson, the issue isn't job security. It's the issue is what is he going to be able to do when he is on the field? We saw we saw a glimpse at the end of the season. The last two weeks of the season, that offense was significantly better. Russell Wilson himself was significantly better. Is that enough to make you feel comfortable about Russell Wilson in a super flex league? And he's probably the safest of this entire group. You know, between I, I like Kenny Pickett should be pretty safe, but again, how good is he gonna be? Yeah, you know, Kirk Cousins to me, Kirk Cousins is pretty safe, but you know, based on the age and based on the way Minnesota just gets tired of their quarterbacks, <laughs> it's very possible that they move on from him. So there's there's some there are a lot of things to consider once you get past that first round. Once you get past those that top twelve, uh, the top twelve quarterbacks, top eleven really, because let's take out Tua and uh, keep Deshaun Watson in there. So, yeah, it's it's dicey times. We're going to talk a lot more about strategy. We'll we'll get we'll dig into this ADP a little bit more too. Because, you know, as we always say here on the Super Show, it's not that Superflex is a quarterback game. It's just a quarterback-driven game. But we still need to analyze the other positions and the effect that the quarterback position has on those, those, other, those players at the other positions. We need to talk about all of the players just kind of in relation to the quarterback position. So there's, there's a lot of strategy that can go into this. There's a lot more for us to talk about on a weekly basis here. Um, I'll give you a hint. Quarterback extreme is alive and well. Um, just kind of for a little bit different reason and possibly with a slightly different approach, but we'll see. Uh, but yeah, for the moment, just kind of some, uh, some food for thought. Like I said, we'll, we'll, once this ADP is complete, we'll look into it. We'll dig into it a little bit more. Um, we'll have some guests on, um, but above all else, we're going to talk about, you know, we're going to deconstruct the, the season that was, we're going to look at rookies and then we're going to start to plan for the season that's coming. So that's kind of what the off season's going to look like, but please do let me know what we can talk about that 
you're dealing with in your leagues that you're thinking about, that you're wondering about, whatever it is. Love to hear from you. Help me set the agenda for this offseason. But let's wrap it up there for the week. And as we do that, ask you for a quick favor if you haven't already. Like I said earlier, rate and review the show. It's helpful, blah, blah, blah. Helps me to get out to more uh, more people and touch on more topics that are useful to you, my super friends. Like I said earlier. Uh, you can also get at me on Twitter at SuperFlexDude. The at Superflex Show account uh, is still active, but I am horrible at checking it. So just get at me at SuperFlexDude. Can retweet trade polls for you, answer questions um, in DMs, or just, just at me, whatever. I answer all of it. That's how I like spending my free time. So, so take advantage. Uh, this episode was dedicated in loving memory to James the Brank Tulis. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the music. Thank you to DynastyLeagueFootball.com for the platform. And above all else, thank you for listening. And until next week, stay sexy and super flexy.